0: Hello, you're listening to The Living Revolution, where you can get today's fix of synthetic biology, one of the most exciting and innovative fields across all the scientific disciplines. This podcast is brought to you by the Manchester iGEM 2021 team, with support from the University of Manchester and the Manchester Institute of Biotechnology. Today's guest is Professor John Ward, the Programme Director for Synthetic Biology MRes at University College London. He has an incredible set of expertise in the field, and we're appreciative that he's been able to share that with us today. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so the first thing we would like to know is, what is synthetic biology?
1: To me, synthetic biology is being able to build things, new things, with the knowledge that we've gained over the last 50, 60, 70 years of modern biology, once DNA was understood to be uh, where genetic information was held. So I count the sort of modern biology areas starting from that, But over the years, we've, especially in the last five, 10 years, we've accumulated huge amounts of knowledge of how the individual components right down at the the gene level, the protein level, and even smaller levels than that in the active site of enzymes, how all those things work. And our knowledge of that has increased tremendously, and it's increasing exponentially as we speak. So the amount of DNA sequences being sequenced around the world and put in, to uh, publicly accessible databases. And they're not behind firewalls or anything. Everybody on the planet can, with a computer or a smartphone, if they know the links and they're not all public, can find the human genome, the genome of um, you know COVID-19. But all of that is discovery science. And if you look at the other uh, main sciences like chemistry and physics, they've got a longer starting history, really, Uh, than modern biology, which basically from the 50s, 60s onwards is is what I'm talking about. But the things that we have around us in the world uh, based on the understanding of physics, the understanding of chemistry is is basically what what is around us at the moment. The computer, the systems that we're looking at is the understanding of how silicon works at the atomic level, how electrons work, Um, and all the clothes we wear, the dyes, the plastics, that's all based on chemistry and our understanding of chemistry. So the fundamental knowledge being applied into things that humans can actually build, make things that are useful for society. Uh, and every virtually everything around us is based on those two sciences, the understanding of those. Biology is younger. Um, And the knowledge that we have of biology is increasing exponentially and, in fact, is probably going to keep on doing that for at least your and perhaps your children's lifetime. The more we find out about biology, the more we realize it is really complex and we can do some things, clone a single enzyme into E. coli and it does something. That's done every day in our labs by hundreds of people the more complex things are really quite complex. And then we start to see the huge layers of complexity that have built up in whatever it is, three and a half billion years of evolution. So I would say that synthetic biology is now going to do the same as chemistry and physics does for all the things we see around us. Building new things with the knowledge of biology. Synthetic biology, I think, is basically it's building new things with the knowledge we now have of biology. Now, why is that going to increase? Because we're already every day understanding and learning new things in biology. Therefore, the whole area of synthetic biology will get more and more information to be able to bring in and be able to build new things.
0: Could you explain to us the genome and how studying genomes is increasing our understanding of biology?
1: A genome is where the genetic information for an organism is stored. Even though we've sequenced All of E. coli and probably several thousand of its very, very close relatives. I think it's safe to say we still do not know what every gene does. So there are about 4,000, 4,500 genes in E. coli. We know what many of them do. But even in the most well studied organisms that have been studied in the lab, their physiology, how they work, how they grow for 40, 50 years. There's usually um, ten to twenty percent of the genes, the open reading frames that sh- could, should, or could encode proteins. We still don't know what they do, so our level of understanding still has quite a long way to go, even on the most well-studied organisms. So bacteria are still hugely complex, we still are going to spend another fifty or more years understanding all of those. And then out there in the wild, we know that there are tens of billions of different species of bacteria, and they do all manner of things. I mean, they make antibiotics in the soil, and that's a lot of research goes on on understanding the long, complex pathways to make antibiotics, because then you could tweak them. If you could then go in there and take that gene out, put a different version in, add a methylase here or a whole new set of genes over here, you could then make hybrid antibiotic structures. And I know that the people in Manchester are very interested in that. But then when you get to weird and wonderful environments, the deep sea, saline lakes, hot springs, there are organisms there that can do things, you know, that we would love to be able to do. They grow at 80 degrees in pH 1, uh, or they grow in saline or uh, alkaline environments at pH 10. Now, a lot of the enzymes in those organisms are also very stable. They don't all have to be because if you're inside a cell you're sort of somewhat protected but they are great resources of uh, very interesting enzymes that we might use for modifying plant biomass for example or degrading nasty chemicals degrading plastics so what
0: would you say are the technologies that are underpinning what seems like such a rapid advancement in synthetic biology
1: Well, the technologies are already going on out there. All the lovely people who are doing their fundamental research in the labs on the human genome, how it works, plants, microorganisms, how enzymes work. The uh, pace of synthetic biology really does take off when the cheapness of DNA synthesis keeps coming down. And that's a key thing. If we want to be able to say, well, it would be great to study this order of genes and oh well maybe actually put this one at the front and then if we add this element in quite quickly on paper or on your screen you can build quite a lot of things and you think it's going to take me five years to build that if you could then say right well let's just order all of those from company x and you know three weeks time they will send us a little box full of the various elements we can get on with the biology at the bench now, that is now feasible. So, the rate of, uh, of the cheapness and the ability to synthesize DNA uh, at ever increasing scales and also ever decreasing costs is one key thing. And that still has some way to go because although it's got cheap, it's still not cheap enough compared with, for example, DNA sequencing. DNA sequencing has gone through probably about five rounds, maybe more, depending on how you define them, of speed. Intensity and cheapness. So it's very cheap to sequence very big bits of DNA. Now, if DNA synthesis could sort of approach those kinds of step changes in synthesis, which is actually difficult because it's quite a different concept. You have to actually piece bits of DNA together. So that is that's and that will rely on chemistry, probably a mix of chemistry, a bit of physics and biology to work out how. Is there anything really new concept of being able to stitch DNA together much cheaper, faster, multiplex it on chips? And so that's one barrier, I think, that still needs to be done. Then there's the understanding of how things still work. So bacterial physiology and the understanding of that is still, although it's quite advanced, it still throws up really surprising things that we didn't know. So taking your synthesized genes, modules, all the different, controlling elements popping that back into your bacterium or it could be a fungus or if you're really in a big project a plant now understanding how those things work is still a lot of little bits of understanding and a lot of guesswork uh, to understand how the physiology how is that organism now going to grow oh we found out it it works but it alters this part of its metabolism that we didn't really understand why why is it doing that and then we discovered the bugs really are now a bit sick. They don't grow, or they start to produce. In some of our work, we're working with manipulating an enzyme, a pathway, and then all of a sudden the bug bug starts producing loads of why is producing loads of acetic acid or diacetyl or this little compound here. And then we start to look at all the pathways and try and work out what well, how do you get from there from what we were doing up here. So we clearly still don't understand every single way a network of all these things work inside an organism. And remember, an organism isn't just, all oh, here's a bag of enzymes and we can do what we like to. it. Everything is interconnected in uh, an organism. In eukaryotes, it's compartmentalized as well. And getting things to and from that compartment, the mitochondria, back again to the nucleus, back again to the mitochondria, That all works seamlessly because we work, we're alive, and all high eukaryotes work like like that. But we really don't understand every single step of that. I know that there's huge amounts of steps forward being taken to be able to visualize things, so labeling a molecule so you can actually see it in how it works. So there's there's all those techniques to work out um, how things actually work within a living cell. And that's what we need to know more of. So those are progressing at a tremendous pace.
0: And that's it today for our conversation with Professor John Ward. There'll be more in the next episode where he talks about exciting applications of synthetic biology. Remember to follow us on social media at Manchester iGEM 2021. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.